There is too much to read, there is too much to do. My productivity is at war with my Netflix queue. Read all that I could read, saw that I could see. Finish the internet. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, that thing. The next time we hang out, I'll unburden myself. My mind and can't rest till then. Oh, it's time. It's time for oh, yeah, that thing again. Hello, this is Oh Yeah, That Thing, the podcast where we finally get around to that thing we heard about a while ago. I'm Audrey. And I'm Pei. Hi, Pei. Hi. What's up? There's something different. Oh, is there? <laughs> yeah. What is it? <laughs> Hello. <gasps> oh my god, it's a third voice. It's a third voice. The ghost of the podcast. <laughs> podcast past, future, present, whatever the Christmas Carol thing was. Different episode. Different episode. (laughs) We have our first guest. Yeah. Which is exciting. It's very exciting. And would you like to introduce yourself or would you like me to do it? Um, I can do it. My name is Sara. Yay! I'm their friend. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Both of those things are true. true. (laughs) Oh, there's also another guest on the podcast. Where is he? He's well, now wandering he, around. Now he ran away. No, he's Every shy. now and then, there might be a faint meow. Oh. Alpha, you want to say meow? I don't oh. know if the mic picked that up, but he was there. I heard it. Did you hear it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was testing the mic earlier, you know. Well, we have a couple cute shots of him doing that. Aww. But, yeah, this will be interesting. Yep. Yeah, we, we brought Sara on um, because she is one of the many people who has told us to watch the thing that we watched for this episode. Yeah. So we thought it was important to have an extra voice. Yes. Someone who knows it better than we yes, do. Yes, she's our <laughs> expert guest. <laughs> I will try my best. I had to definitely brush up on the uh, the history of the series. Yeah. <laughs> A long story series. But yeah. So it's uh it's twenty twenty, that's a thing. It's our first yeah. podcast episode of the year. Of the new year, I should say. It's also our one year anniversary of the podcast. Oh yeah. Actually this will be our seventh episode. It is. That's exciting. Oh, I it's been a year. Yeah. Wow. I know. Look at us. Every episode we we're like, Wow, <laughs> we're still doing this. <laughs> it's, it's surprising. We've done other things that just eventually die off yeah and we're actually doing this good job guys i know thanks we're really proud of ourselves <laughs> i'm proud of you too i would not have kept it up for you that's for sure <laughs> oh, but yeah did anyone do anything fun for the new year um i went to new orleans for a few days Ooh. that was pretty cool um i ate bourbon street yes yes bourbon street was wild on New Year's Eve. Uh, I also ate way too much. Um, And uh, we went on a cemetery tour, which was pretty cool. And uh, we went to the oldest cemetery in New Orleans. Um, And it's one of the interesting things about it is that people aren't really buried there anymore because it's old (laughs) and there's not a lot of room left. But one person... in that ground. Huh? Too many bodies in that ground. Yeah. Well, it, well. first of all, they don't bury underground because of the whole hurricane situation and being below ah. sea level. 
Um, but one thing that they do is, so, so the guy was like taking us on the tour and he was telling us how many bodies were in each little mausoleum. And I was very confused because they weren't very big. But what they do is, um, because it's so hot and gross down there, people, the, the process of, um, of, uh, the decay is like yeah is like pretty fast so by the time it's mm-hmm. usually by the time it's um time for someone else to be buried there they're just basically like bones that you can just like crush and push to the back and then put more oh bones God. in there <laughs> that so foul. yeah so that's how they fit multiple bodies into one mausoleum um but there also was like one new one there and it was this big, shining white pyramid. And so we were like, what's that? And so he took us to go look at it. And it is Nicolas Cage's mausoleum that he's already bought in anticipation of his death. Um, <laughs> and it has a Latin saying on it from, uh, from the National Treasure movies. Uh, <laughs> and that's also why it's pyramid shaped. <laughs> I have a picture. We can put it up with this episode. And yeah, yes, please. So, yeah. what? <laughs> does he have some connection to New Orleans? He has a house there. He he was not. He's not from there, but he yeah owns a home there, and I guess just really likes the city. But otherwise, I don't believe he has any other connection. To New Orleans. That's. I just love that it's national treasure related. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was so proud of that movie. (laughs) I mean, one, I enjoy that series, unironically. Oh, no. Third one's coming. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. The third one is coming. Third one's coming. Got a a third Bill and Ted coming. Oh, boy. This is. is, Wow exciting stuff what a time to be alive 2020 is the year fire but (laughs) (laughs) But at least we get a new national treasure and bill and ted movie (laughs) Uh, but yeah Um, that's that was my that was my new year (laughs) cool i uh i stayed home that sounds nice too i live in the suburbs (laughs) and i don't want to (laughs) drive that's fair and that's that Nice. Ditto. Yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should care because it's 2020. But then I was like, it's just a number. It, <laughs> it is. doesn't matter. I did get invited to multiple parties. Mm-hmm. And they were all, uh, they all sounded great and fun. But they were all 15 to 30 minutes away by car. And there's a lot of fools already on a regular day. <laughs> let alone yeah. on New Year's. So. Um, pass. Were they all 20s themed parties? No. Okay. Because I think that was everyone was doing like roaring 20s. Yeah. One of my friends did wear like a 20s inspired outfit. Nice. But it wasn't like a mandatory everyone needs to dress like the 20s kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Everyone when 20 when like 2019 was ending and everyone was like at the end of the decade. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I was not thinking about it in that way at all. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah do you guys remember that new year's party that we went to that year my parents me being yes. brown would not let us go out to dc because they were like it's dangerous even though 
were we in college? We graduated at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we went to that Indian restaurant. Oh, <laughs> had yeah. Had a New Year's party. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I, and I still got in trouble. But <laughs> even though I was hanging out with my parents' friends at this party. <laughs> was a I do remember interesting that night. I think, I think we had like from that. Not yeah, I was going to say someone had um, a disposable camera, right? Yeah. 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 yeah we had like actual photographs. Yes. It, wow, I what a time. Being fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Shall we get to our very, very important thing this time? Yes, I think we should. I'm excited to talk about this. So, like we said, Sara isn't the only person who was appalled that we had never watched anything in this series. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a seminal pop culture moment it is. when this series started. I don't know how. We never got around to it. And of course, we're talking about the Fast and the Furious series. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it didn't take a long time to figure out which ones we're going to watch because anytime anyone hears, I've never seen it, they only mention two of the series. Like, if you're going to watch anything, you need to watch the Fast and the Furious, the first one, mm-hmm. and Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Nice. That's interesting. And here we are. <laughs> I will say I'm interested to hear you guys' reactions after only watching those two because I think the third one is possibly the worst movie in the entire series. <laughs> so. I have some. Um, I, I watched it with um, my partner and another friend, and I have things that they told me that I've taken as fact. I have no idea if they're true, but I will share them. <laughs> Related to Tokyo Drift and its place in the series, um, but it is, yeah, it's it's. There's plenty to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So we may as well just, uh, I think, jump right in. Unless there's anything we need to know about your relationship with this series. Um, I mean, I guess like for me, I've just always liked action movies. And The Fast and the Furious is one of the most bizarre action movie series <laughs> franchises to have ever existed. Like, I honestly can't think of another franchise that's lasted this long. Yeah. With this many movies, mm-hmm. with the original cast. Yeah, Like, impressive. they just keep pumping it out, and it's amazing. And it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm glad that I've finally looped you guys in. <laughs> So first of all, when I was looking up Fast and the Furious, I um, almost started watching the one from 2009, which has a very similar name, because this one is called The Fast and The Furious, and there's one from 2009 called Fast and Furious. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was confusing, because I was like, I thought this series started a lot earlier than 2009, Um, and I was right. Thankfully, I did not start watching that one. So anyway... The Fast and the Furious came out in 2001. It's the first of this, like Sarah said, incredibly long (laughs) action film franchise. And um, it was directed by Rob Cohen and written by Gary Scott Thomas. And Rob Cohen um, got the idea for the movie when he read a Vibe article, Vibe magazine, about uh, illegal street racing in New York which I did happen to find online. 
it's so it's called the fast and the furious it borrowed its name from a 1955 racing movie that it doesn't really have anything to do with but i guess they just liked that name and they gave the director of that movie something to to take the name for their movie i don't know if that connection is something that everyone would know <laughs> but i guess they wanted it for whatever reason anyway so the basic premise of the movie is there's this lapd cop who is an undercover detective who's kind of infiltrating the illegal street racing world in LA um, because there have been some um, truck heists like someone keeps like these four cars will like gang up on this one truck and like knock out the driver and take all his DVD players or whatever um, so they <laughs> Um, and it's this whole elaborate setup. So they're like, we got to, obviously we got to stop these guys. And they think it's like, whoever's doing this is based in this LA street racing world. So this guy, Brian O'Connor played by Paul Walker, RIP, um, is, um, trying to get into that world. So he starts hanging out with, um, Vin Diesel, whose character is, what's his name? Dominic Toretto. Toretto. Yeah. And so he... He's, like, hanging out with his crew. He has a hot sister that he's into named Mia. Not Vin Diesel, that, that Paul Walker's into <laughs> named Mia. <laughs> and um, and then Michelle Rodriguez is his girlfriend, which did not become apparent till later in the movie. I thought she was just really into him, and he wasn't interested in her. And then I was like, oh, they're actually dating. Um, yeah, and we then, need to talk about that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this very angry man named Vince who was just, so mad and I couldn't understand why and then like some <laughs> some guy who does computer stuff and I can't remember his name um but anyway so he's like gets gets into this crew they like race cars and stuff and that's basically it and then his um his and they have like a war with this one dude or the a rivalry with this one dude named Johnny Tran and um yeah, so basically his bosses are like, you need to figure out. We think it's this Dom guy, and he's, like, getting close to Dom and his crew. He's like, I don't think it's them. I think it's Johnny Tran. And then he happens to be wrong. <laughs> and it ends up being Dom and his crew who are stealing the DVD players. Or were they VHS players? I think they were DVD players. Um, it was DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Combo player, just in case. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so he discovers it's actually them. And then at the end, he lets Dom go. And that's a very rough sketch of the movie. But to be honest, there's not much more to it besides that. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, un- yeah, there's there's not too much plot to this, Mm-mm. really. If I had to compare it to anything else, this seemed like Point Break, yep. but Cars. That's literally what it was. That's what everyone... So. They, sold it, they sold it to Paul Walker as a Point Break remake. That's oh. why he... That's why he wanted to play the role. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, well, let's compare it to Point Break in that case, since it's literally what it is. I will say I've never seen Point Break, but I have seen that comparison when I was oh. looking up the movie. Yeah. Well, I saw it for the first time last year. If you read the blog, you would know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought, oh, you guys didn't do an episode on it. It was a blog post. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, can I ask a question but, before you start talking about Point Break? Yes. Is Point Break the one where he fires the gun up into the air that they talk mm-hmm. about in Hot Fuzz? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Continue. Well, I found it interesting that in, in Point Break, you know Keanu Reeves is in the FBI, like from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in suits. You know he's going to go infiltrate this group. For some reason, Fast and the Furious is like, you know what? 
Now, we're going to trick the audience, too. You're going to think Paul Walker's just this cool guy who likes to drive cars and is, really likes this girl. And then, like, 20 minutes in, they're like, P.S., he's a cop. Yeah. I'm like, why couldn't we just know that from the beginning? Because <laughs> they wanted a twist. <laughs> Was it not in the trailer? I don't think so. I mean, I don't remember. Maybe I should have watched the trailer. I, I think know, part I of it too. was also... I think part of it was also that, like, the Vince character was like, he's a cop, he's a cop, and, like, mm-hmm. no one would believe him. At the end, it's like, nah, he was right. Yeah, he's a cop. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. That's a very important plot point. Uh, but we don't know why he thinks he's a cop. Yeah, true. Like, I feel like there should have been some sort of establishment of why, other than he's hitting on this girl that I want to date. Yeah. But I won't because Dom is the alpha male. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the other Point Break reference in the movie? Uh. They go to the same restaurant. Oh, they do? Neptune's Net is, yeah. It's a scene between Dom and, uh, and what's his name? Brian. For the race wars? I think so, yeah. Ah. They're at the same restaurant. There's all these surfers everywhere, yeah. That's great. Um, Shall we talk about also about how it's literally called race wars and everyone's like (laughs) an Asian racer, a Latino racer, white racer. Racially ambiguous racism. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't think it's about that nice. until I was reading an oh, AV Club yeah. article about it, and I was like, oh yeah, calling it race wars is sketchy. Yeah, was, <laughs> that was weird. I mean, there's a lot of problematic things about this first movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be serious. It's, it's so inappropriate in so many ways. Very of its time. Oh, yes. Oh, sure. oh, that was the first thing I noticed of the, about the movie, is I just felt... Like I was in a time machine being taken back to the early 2000s. <laughs> I just felt mm-hmm. it so much in my bones. As First of all, with the first shot with the Panasonic TVs with the built-in DVD players <laughs> that they were stealing. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. my childhood. <laughs> um, well, yeah, this came out probably the year we all met. Or around 2001. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. So fun, fun extra fact. But I, I was trying to think about the that weird brown filter they put on this movie oh, yeah. <laughs> was that to make it look smoggy because it's california or is that was that a style choice that also felt very, very 2000s to me i don't know why but yeah because like, it's already in california yeah so i don't know why you needed to add a filter to yeah, I do I think know. it kind of is the like this is the southern california feel but i don't know if it was smogginess or if it was like for some reason, that kind of, like, overlay signifies Southern California. I felt like that, too. Like, I felt like it, like, made them all look a little tanner and bronzer and, mm-hmm. like, grittier than, like, bright white lights. Because, like, you know, they're from the hood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was, like, it was, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was, like, a, like setting the mood sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah. It did, yeah. Um, and it did kind of, it, now that you're saying it, it kind of feels like a surfer movie without any surfing. Because... That kind of, that kind of like overlay or that kind of filter does kind of make me think of like that era and like a surfer movie, like people hanging out on the beach and that, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like. So did they intentionally rip off Point Break or what's yeah. it, whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. They were just, yeah, they like they, I mean, I guess they were not like remaking it, but like they just wanted to do another movie like Point Break. Gotcha. Like that was a premise. Interesting. There was, so another thing that struck me about this movie and then when we talk about Tokyo Drift was how horny all the girls in the movie were for cars and racing. <laughs> I was just 
like the one girl in the beginning who like who like grabs Ja Rule's hand and like puts it on her boobs and is like, you can get this after you win this race. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that really? So... That's that's what gets you going is a guy so in a fast car. It was like, it, yeah, it was just like so overt and and like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, because clearly there are women in this subculture. Yeah. I don't know what they're like in real life, but this movie is just like, a super straight dudes like dream like I'm gonna drive this fucking cool car and all these babes are gonna be all over me because I can drive this sweet car yeah. yep. um, and it's just yeah there were so many like quote hot girls mm-hmm. in this movie yeah it felt very that... heterosexual male <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean that was very much the franchise I want to say like I feel like they evolved a little bit from there, mm-hmm. but like the original movies being in like the early 2000s were very much this. Yeah. And like as a series evolves into less drag racing and more like heist film, mm-hmm. like I think I think they still in every single movie still have like at least one drag race scene. And so you just like in the beginning as like, and here's Dom and now he's in this country <laughs> and this is where he's racing now. <laughs> and they still have like all the naked ladies, but it's not like as over yeah. and it's definitely not as like disgusting as that jaw rule scene oh, yeah. i was also really surprised that he said the n-word because oh, that yeah. i felt like came out of nowhere it was yeah didn't a girl say it some white girl said it <laughs> or was that in another movie uh i'm pretty sure it was jaw rule said it yeah i don't think any white people said it in this movie oh okay because there was wait i wrote it down but yeah maybe you're right because i didn't even know that you could say the n-word in a pg-13 movie i know the movie was originally rated r and then they had to make edits hmm. um to get it that pg-13 rating but maybe it's Maybe that was their one allowed word. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, no, yeah, there was one lady said the N-word. It was that lady where she, I couldn't tell if she was white, but she did not look black. (laughs) I think it was after he loses the race, she, like, says, she says something. Maybe that's what it was. I don't remember. I was like, um, excuse me. Yeah, it really caught me off guard. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about how this is super, super straight male. Mm Mm-hmm. That party scene after Paul Walker's character saves Vince Diesel's ass from the cops. <laughs> yeah. And he's so mad at the rest of his crew for leaving him behind. Mm-hmm. Like, his very literal, I'm the alpha male, I'm going to show you by literally taking this beer out of your hand <laughs> and giving it to this new guy. It was so full of testosterone. <laughs> but it also led to one of the best lines, which was, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. Like, <laughs> they, they will call back to that in oh. multiple movies afterwards. Oh, really? It's great. I heard yeah. that, that wasn't, like, an official relationship with Corona, right? They just put Corona in it? I have no idea. I just know they, they call back to it in later movies. Okay, I think Kurt Russell calls back to it when a... he comes in at some point. Kurt Russell's in this Oh, series. yeah. There's a lot of people in those movies. <laughs> That is, I did not know that Kurt Russell was in any of these movies. I'm pretty sure it was him. That's I'm like 90% sure it was Kurt Russell. Um, Well, that's one of those facts that I'm taking, or one of those things I'm taking as fact that was told to me by the people I watched this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That they just always had Corona, but then in one of the newer movies, they did form a formal partnership with Budweiser. Oh. So now they drink Budweiser. I think that's what the the reference code is later. I think they change it to like Bud Light or something. Mm -hmm. 
That's so weird. When Kurt, when Kurt, yeah, when Kurt Russell, yeah, he's like Mr. Nobody. He comes in in the seventh movie. Oh, wow. But um, I'm pretty sure the the line that he says is like calling back to that, but with like Budweiser. Mm. <laughs> That's really funny. But yeah, that that scene in that party made me laugh. But also how I angry mean. Vince got as if he could not go get another beer. I was like, I'm sure this party symbolic. is full of beer. <laughs> it was it was the message that Dom was sending. That you are no longer my number two, this rando <laughs> that I just met five minutes ago <laughs> for a little while, yeah. but saved my ass is now my number two. But that's also like what's so great about like I want you guys to watch some of the later movies. I, like honestly, if you were able to watch three movies for this episode, I would have told you to watch one of the later ones because mm-hmm. like the series evolves so much, and like the first few movies are like they're just drag racing, like they're nothing like crazy, right? Yeah. Like yeah, like. People don't normally drag race, but it's just, like, normal people racing cars mm-hmm. and, like, with some stuff that's, like, stretching the imagination with, like, the, the truck heist, like, pieces oh, of it. Yeah. But later, it gets, like, so ridiculous. It's, like, <laughs> worldwide cyber terrorism plots and, like, it's so insane. Like, I'm sure you've probably seen the trailer from, I don't remember which one it is, but the one where they're in Dubai and, like, the they're racing cars and they jump from one... Um, one skyscraper to another one in Dubai, so they crash through the window and, like, fly <laughs> over to the next skyscraper and crash through the window there to land, and it's just, like, out of control, or, like, the one where they're, like, flying off a plane, it's just, like, oh, my God, but, like, in the original, like, it's so simple. You have beef with someone, you just steal their beer, like, <laughs> it goes from that to, like, the absolute ridiculous, like, I'm gonna kill you and your whole family. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I did like that about the action in the first one, though. And in Tokyo Drift, too, that it felt grounded. Mm-hmm. Like, that, even though that truck scene was very fantastical in its way, like, it still felt believable. Yeah, I was... And I was genuinely worried about his arms. Oh, me too. I thought it was going to come this off. poor dude. <laughs> and I, it was very harrowing. Yeah. That's the piece that they edited out to make it rated uh, PG-13. Was uh, the, I did the arm that. The yeah. arm was more graphic originally. Ooh. Oh boy, it was already graphic enough. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's more blood than you usually see in a PG thirteen movie. I will say, all I could think during that scene was, is, am I really supposed to believe that this truck driver is speeding like what a hundred miles per hour, <laughs> maybe down this highway? There's nobody else on this highway, and he's reloading a know, shotgun. Yes. <laughs> Why doesn't he just press the brakes? And there's a man being dragged on his truck you're gonna get arrested for murder like why aren't you breaking yeah i do not understand i was very fascinated but first i was like i understand why they did it for the film but in terms of the plot i was like why are you guys doing a heist in the middle of the day in broad daylight um and then that wasn't made clear there was reasoning for that too which was that um, they wanted you to be able to see what was happening, like the direct, like the directors. Yeah. So like the original, the original scenes were filmed in the dark because they were super quick. Yeah. And so the original, I think it was originally written to be filmed at dark, and then they were like, "Well, we can't see anything." So yeah. They did it, which totally makes sense. Yeah. But in the in terms of like the movie, it never makes sense to do a heist in the middle of the day. But you know what? They got lucky. Nobody else was on that road for that whole time. So yeah. go figure. <laughs> So it worked out really well for them. (laughs) It's like with other chase scenes, like there's a reason that like the bad guy is still driving Mm because he's like trying to get away or he's like trying to do something. Like this truck driver, why didn't he stop? Like it doesn't make any sense. He's just a random truck driver. (laughs) Insane. Yeah. 
but he was not allowed. He was not about to let them take their take his DVD players. He had his shot, which also a shotgun is like the most. Um, it's like the worst weapon to have on you. You have to like reload these giant bullets. I don't know how, like you said, how he was still driving and reloading a shotgun at the same time. Um, it's yeah, it's very inconvenient weapon to have if you're trying to stop someone from breaking into your truck while you drive at a very high speed. <laughs> They're so entertaining. Yeah. But it was so real, right? Because in like the later movies, they all have like machine guns and like God knows what else. And it's just like, nah, dude, it's just like this white trash dude with his shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bought this yesterday and I'm going to use it on you. But I do like that they were, I do like that the plot not, or like I do like that they were like we have to stop this because these truck drivers are ready to start fighting back. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I, did oh, they so do great. anything to the truck drivers other than scare them? Like, no, they just stole their stuff and left. Yeah, in the first <laughs> in the first sequence, they like they like tased him so that he would fall asleep. That's not what he, oh, they would knock him out, and then they they took oh. over the truck and drove away. But he was still in the truck. I, I definitely missed that. Yeah. First, I, first I didn't realize, because they, like, shoot him with something to, and it, like, latches onto him, and then he, like, passes out, but I missed that part, and I thought he just, like, randomly passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I could understand. It's a very frightening situation. That's true. Yeah. But I, I, I will say I was surprised by the lack of plot, because I did th- think that these were kind of heisty movies and that just may be because of my knowledge of the later movies that I fought that. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised by how little there was actually going on. I was like, oh, this is this is it. <laughs> but I didn't realize that they um, kind of like changed that that wasn't initially the premise wasn't to like like steal this or do that, which is what I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, as the franchise kept going, I think they realized that they could only make so many movies about drag racing. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure, I don't remember if it was with four with the reboot, or if it was with five, because five is, like, generally known as, like, the actual good one, as in, like, it's a good film from beginning to end, regardless of the series, Mm -hmm. but, like, um, that's when they, like, transition into, like, well, we want to reboot it, so, like, how do we redo this without doing the same thing for, like, the hundredth time, so then they turn them into heist movies. Interesting. I want to talk about Johnny Tran. Let's do it. And just gonna objectify the fuck out of that. Oh, man. he was very beautiful. He was so gorgeous. <laughs> and I was so mad they killed him because I was looking forward to him being in the later movies and then he died and I was so mad. Yes, he was very. I was like, I'm here for a hot villain. <laughs> yeah, he was so attractive. Yeah. It's bananas. Alpha agrees. Like, I, yeah. yeah He's all the way across the apartment and you could hear him. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, like, like, he was a, apparently one of that arbitrary people's sexiest man alive thing. Oh, really? Like, he was that. Oh. He was on the cover. Good for him. And really? Yeah. I do not know that. All, I could not tear my eyes away from Paul Walker. He, he's gorgeous. He is very beautiful. That's one thing that made me sad about Tokyo Drift is the lack of Paul Walker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reason that I watched like the second one, Too Fast, Too Furious, because it's all Paul Walker. <laughs> he's just a pretty, pretty man. I didn't realize that he was the only one who came back for that movie that they didn't involve the other characters. Oh yeah, there's all this drama with like the way the series went. So like yeah. the second one, they pitched it to both him and Vin Diesel, and Vin Diesel didn't like the script, 
So then they wrote, I, I don't know, they changed the script, they wrote a new script just for Paul Walker. And then the third one, neither of them wanted to come back, and they still wanted to make a movie, which is why they made Tokyo Drift. Um, and then, then that's why, like, because the fourth one, I think, was 2009. So it was a while later uh, yeah. when they rebooted it. And then I think Vin Diesel came on as, like, a producer and all this stuff. So, like, he, like, then had to convince Paul Walker to come back. And once he came back, then I think the rest of them came back after that. Mm. Yeah, that's... Because didn't he... Because Vin Diesel didn't do the second one because he wanted to do Chronicles of Riddick instead. And I think that's correct, yeah. yeah. And then the only reason he shows up at the end of Tokyo Drift is because he was like, can I please have the rights to the Riddick character? I don't need money. I will be in your movie for two seconds if you give me the character rights or whatever it was (laughs) or the rights to the story or whatever. And they were like, okay, fine. (laughs) But that's so interesting because also I was reading that he was pretty reluctant to do the first one. Like he wouldn't sign on until they made some changes to the script. I was like, did you want to be in these movies at all in the first place? Yeah, he sounds like such a diva. Every time I read something about like him and his relationship to this franchise, I'm like, like he, I don't think like he was in anything before the first one, or like nobody knew who he was. So, so right, like the yeah. fact that like he had that like power to be like, I'm gonna make all these rewrites yeah. and stuff, I don't understand. And now it's like with the more recent ones, it's like him and like the rock drama where like the two of them don't get along right. and all this stuff. Yeah, so. I was trying to remember who didn't get along with who. And because I because isn't Tyrese in there also not getting along with somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tyrese is another one where like he's also like acts like he's like hot shit. And it's like, Tyrese, like nobody knows who you are. That's also the reason, thank God, why Ja Rule didn't come back is because he they weren't offering him enough for the second one. And Mm -hmm. so they replaced him with Ludacris, which thank God, because Ja Rule is disgusting and Ludacris (laughs) is hilarious. So Ja Rule. I was wrong. I'm trying to about, see what he was doing before this. Uh, <clears throat> Johnny Tran, actor. He was one of the sexiest men alive in 2002. Oh, uh, but he, he wasn't was definitely not the deep. sexiest yeah. man. Um, I think ugh, Ben Affleck was the 2002 sexiest man alive. <laughs> hey, publicists play good money for their clients to get the <laughs> sexiest man alive, you guys. That's a very fair point. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I'm yeah, sure wasn't Blake Shelton last year or the year before that? Yeah. So, I mean. And John Legend. Yeah. <laughs> it was last year's. Oh, he's yeah. cute, but I don't know if he's the sexiest man alive. No. Um, oh, I had forgotten how uh, skinny, quote, hot girls were in the early 2000s until I watched this movie again. Mm-hmm. Like, some of those women were so thin mm-hmm. that they looked 14. Yeah. It was just, like, the the weird panning shot from like the heels all the way up to like the tiny skirt oh, the tiniest like, of skirts wrong for many reasons yeah. whereas like i think the next one is supposed to have cardi b which is like oh boy a drastic difference in terms of body oh, yes, shape yes, from yes. yeah those oh. original movies how things change yeah. mm-hmm. now we have a different unattainable yeah <laughs> I mean, it's attainable with a lot of money yes i was gonna say hey she paid yeah, good true, money for that body <laughs> <laughs> and she's proud point. of it. <laughs> and what's the main actress in this one's name? Me. Michelle Rodriguez or no. Jordana Brewster? Her. Yeah. Her eyebrows are great. <laughs> I love her eyebrows. I don't think I noticed her eyebrows. I didn't notice either. Because they were like big, thick eyebrows mm-hmm. in a sea of not 
thick eyebrows. But I mean, it was the early 2000s. My eyebrows were plucked out. <laughs> yeah. so. that, that's what I was expecting. But she just has her, I mean, still manicured and shaped, but she, she was keeping uh, that. Oh, that's true. You know, fairly natural. Yeah. Um, but we can't talk about Michelle Rodriguez because I didn't realize either that she and Vin Diesel were dating in this movie mm-hmm. until those two broads were hidden on Vin Diesel and she's like, get the hell out. And I'm like, wait. I thought you were another sister, because there's zero <laughs> chemistry here at all. Neither of you wants to smooch the other person. What, what is happening here? I, I think I had read something about them expanding her character because they liked the chemistry between them, because originally I think she was supposed to just be, like, a nobody. So I wonder if, like, that was happening, like, during filming, to the mm. fact that, like, they filmed the earlier scenes yeah. and were like, we gotta film more with her. <laughs> because... Yeah. Well, apparently they were dating while that movie was happening, maybe? Or, yeah. I think I read that. But also, but I didn't think that he was a sister. I thought he was just, like, a girl that was part of their crew that had a huge crush on him, and she and he didn't, like, give a shit about her. And then, and then they were, like, making out, and I was like, oh, I guess that is his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know. There's also that creepy line where Mia was, like, explaining how everyone was part of the group. And he, she was like, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez always had eyes for my brother and he didn't give like he didn't care about her until she turned 16 and I was like ew (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much older he is than her but that sounds icky (laughs) yeah that's also the weird implication since she turned 16 and really Phil yeah and he's like ooh I missed that line yeah was that when they were cleaning the dishes that's when they were at dinner when he like took her on a date oh at dinner um but yeah but I was gonna say that like I think it's also interesting again like when you watch more of the series like in the beginning like even the actresses in and there's only two of them that actually have out roles were like still like the hot girls like there's like like the innocent like you know pretty hot girl Mia and then there's like the badass who like like, hang with the guys but is like still the hot girl like Letty and then like as it goes on, I mean, like, Mia doesn't get much of a storyline. Like, she and Brian just, like, get married and have a baby. But, like, uh-huh. um, Letty, like, they actually, like, try to give her storylines later. But it's just, like, the bizarreness of the series where, like, they, like, kill her off in a movie. And then oh. they're like, oh, no, like, Letty's dead. And then I think it takes them a whole nother movie. I think it's, like, the cliffhanger of one of them where at the end of it they're like, Letty's alive oh. and you gotta see like the next movie oh. to see like how she's alive and so like <laughs> then she comes back and then she has amnesia and Dom's like no but I love you and she's like I work with a gang now it's like it's like ridiculous it's so great wow it's like soap opera but like with Michael Bay combined like it's amazing amnesia wow I might have to watch more of these movies they're so good <laughs> I, I did enjoy watching it mm-hmm. but I Mostly because I was with other people. Mm-hmm. So we were all kind of ragging on it the whole time. And they, both of them, enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's like, I don't know. It's, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I don't, really, I don't think it's trying to do anything more than to be fun. Yeah, once I realized that it, that it wasn't expecting anyone to expect much from it, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm like, I'm, I'm on the ride with you guys <laughs> oh there were too many candles at that party oh i didn't even know that. every room <laughs> of that party had maybe minimum five candles <laughs> why why are there so many candles in this 
weird. I guess it wasn't like a bachelor pad because he was sharing it with his sister, but essentially Mm -hmm. a bachelor pad full of candles with a bunch of drunk people who are going to knock it over (laughs) and set that house on fire. I know. You don't want to have candles when Vince is around because he's a mad dude and he's going to knock some stuff over. Yeah. Then, he was my favorite. Oh, were... He was just so mad all the time. <laughs> I love the part where he like stomps off because they got in an argument about something and then they go to eat dinner and then he comes yeah. back and then the one guy's like, what'd you go? Like go run a movie or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say another iconic line from this movie that I'm pretty sure comes up in multiple other ones is, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so yes. Great. I'd forgotten about that line. Thank you for reminding me. Because I was trying, I was thinking about that line and how many people must have gotten that tattooed since then? Like <laughs> people who, have, who saw this movie and they're like, you know what? I want to join this subculture now. I'm going to be a drag racer. And that they just have it like either across their chest or on their arm or something. Maybe on the arms so that when they're driving, they can oh, see. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's iconic. <laughs> oh, somebody must have it. <laughs> I really hope so. And I feel bad for actual drag racers who had to deal with all the shitty dudes who are like, this is my new world, <laughs> yeah. and try to do it, too. <laughs> uh, love it. So, the second movie we watched, often suggested from this series, was Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, 2006, so a mere five years after the first one. Um, Very different plot, since they didn't get any of the original people, except for one at the end. (laughs) But this, this one starts in some nondescript southern town in America. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to the lights, place, so I have no idea where it According is. According to Wikipedia, it's character... Arizona. Oh, Arizona? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's some Arizona town. <laughs> and our main character is this senior in high school country boy mm-hmm. who loves racing. He loves American muscle cars, and he gets in trouble racing against one of the rich dudes for some girl who's like, I'll date whoever wins this race. Once again, women like, horny for driving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but turns out guy can't turn real well. Oh no. (laughs) Foreshadowing. (laughs) Um, so he gets in trouble with the law of his like last strike with his mom or whatever. And so she sends him off to live with his dad who lives in Tokyo for unspecified reasons. I thought he was in the military. Was he not? That's the impression I got. He did wear like a Navy shirt. Yeah. But... Which I feel like they put him in that Navy shirt because they forgot to say he was in the military. (laughs) Well, I feel like he was in the military and then stayed in Tokyo because most people I know who get stationed in Japan are not stationed in the middle of a city. They're on a base. Yeah. Like in Okinawa or something. Yeah. So, anyway, so he gets sent there and um, for some reason, Bao is there. <laughs> he's also like a quote military brat. Um, he's, he's and a peddler of stolen goods, fake goods. Um, I'll let you finish, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, yeah I guess they're uh, fake things because he gets thrown for it later. But he's also a racer with this Hulk car, and he introduces Country Boy, 
who cares what his character's name is. Uh, I like Country Boy. Sean. Sean and Twinkie. Sean and Twinkie. That's right. That was so rude to make Bow Wow be called Twinkie. Um, So he introduces Sean into this. He's like, immediately in driving culture in Japan. Like, I'm in. Who cares? And he... For reasons I don't understand. The first time he's there, he's talking shit about how he's a great driver, da-da-da-da. And so the top drift guy is like you want to race he's like i don't have a car and uh han Mm -hmm. who is the like second in command i guess of the he's the guy's friend yeah the the drift uh dude's drag king he's like you can drift king drift king not drag king King. (laughs) (laughs) it's a different movie yeah yeah he's like you can use my car i'm like why did you let this guy take your car because then he trashes it because the whole point is because tokyo is this giant city you you can't really just drive down the street because it's full of cars i mean so is la but they make it whatever um so they have their races in like parking garages so it's all about tight turns and going fast while you're turning drifting of course as we saw he can't turn so he fucking bashes the shit out of this car and yet Han's like, I'll still give you the time of day and teach you how to drift. Mm-hmm. Drift? That guy <laughs> yeah, he, he's got to learn how to drift. <laughs> um, also, at the school is another racially ambiguous girl who is hot for drivers. Yes. And he, of course, is into her. And she's dating uh, the top driver who's way too old I for know, her. I was a little and bit really unsure gross. about that age difference. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, big enough to be really <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, sorry. <clears throat> Turns out that that guy, his uncle, is in the Yakuza. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And so... the Japanese mob? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> the, the equivalent of the mob in Japan. Okay. And... Um, his nephew and Han are working together to get money in nefarious ways that I can't remember. And it turns out that Han has kind of been skimming some of the money. And so, um, he ends up dying in a chase, which was very sad. I was very sad about that. Yeah. Because he was a real chill ass dude. Like I liked him a lot. Which is how the producers felt as well. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We will uh, definitely talk about that. Um, and even though Country Boy has only known Han for a couple months, maybe he's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta honor him." He gives Sonny Chiba, who is uh, the uncle, back the money, and says, "I'll race your nephew, and if I win, I don't know, you leave us alone." I guess he said this the winner get idea. the winner, the loser had to leave town, which I was like, "That's a little much." <laughs> yeah, and also, also you're not you from just, there. Yeah, you're some random white teenager going up to a dude in the fucking yakuza like what whatever but sanichi was like sure do it and by this time country boys learned how to turn so he kicks his ass um and he uses this muscle car that his dad had been fixing up so it's like the hybrid of the muscle american car on the outside but it's got all the you know asian stuff on the inside just like his new life <laughs> It was very, I'm sure they thought it was very deep the way they did that. 
Um, and so he wins. Uh, Sonny Chiba is like, you've embarrassed my nephew. Fuck him. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And so Country Boy is now the top dude. and He's, he's the new DK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the new DK. Yeah. And he's dating the, the girl. And while they're hanging out in the last scene, just in the parking garage, just being like, yeah, I'm super cool. Bow Wow was like, oh, dude, there's someone here who wants to race you. Uh, he's like, who is it? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know him. But he said he knew Han. He said he was like family. <laughs> and that was enough to get Country Boy to be like, all right. And he pulls up and they pan over to the other car. And who is it? Vin Diesel himself. <laughs> So he's racing against Dom, and that's the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, this, full disclosure, I was high when I watched Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> During the first one, I uh, ate a special brownie, so by the time Tokyo Drift started, it had kicked in, and I think it made it even more fun than it already was. Because <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. Um... But, so I did look into a little of the history again, because mm-hmm. like we said, Paul Walker's the only one who came back for the second one, mm-hmm. and then no one came back for the third one, so they're like, fuck it, we're just going to do some other thing, new characters, and just new setting, mm-hmm. and this is what they came up with, which, it's the worst performing of the entire series. Yeah. It's really bad. Because it's really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I feel like it's the most... Like cult classic of the series, though, because this is the one that people say, like the first one and the third one are the ones that people say you need to watch. That's so interesting. I will, yeah, I will say, like for me, I hadn't watched this one like all the way through in a very long time, mm-hmm. and I was so bored. Like <laughs> I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces. Like I feel like this is the one that's always like on FX when you're like flipping through channels, and mm-hmm. it's like I just need something to watch, and I would like be like, oh, let me just turn on Tokyo Drift because like, like. I mean, objectively, like, drifting is cool. Like, it's a cool thing to see a car do that. And mm -hmm. so, like, you watch a couple scenes and then, like, you know, go on with your day or whatever with, like, this on the background of the TV. Like, but watching the movie from getting to end and having to watch everything between the drifting... (laughs) (laughs) I was bored. I had to stop. It took me two days to watch this movie because I I had to stop (laughs) and come back to it the next day because I was just so over it. I went to sleep at the Um, climax and finished it the next day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my thing is, like... Unlike the other movies, like, the first few are, like, okay, well, like, there's drag racing, but there's, like, a lot of, like, gang stuff happening. And then, like, you know, with the fourth movie on, it's all about, like, all this heist stuff. This one is literally an entire movie about one car trick. And it is <laughs> insanity to me that someone made an entire movie like this. And what I want to pitch to the producers is, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but in, like, Saudi Arabia, there's, like, this thing called... It's not, like, just there, but the videos from there have gotten really popular. I had to look up what it was called. It's called skiing, Mm -hmm. but it's when a car is doing a wheelie on one side. So it's either Uh both right wheels or both left wheels are doing a wheelie. Uh And they will drive through the desert. Like, this is just a thing that, like, people do there, where they drive through the desert and they're all standing on top of the car to, like, have it balanced as they're, like, doing these wheelies for, like, People are standing on time. top of the cars? Oh, yeah. They're, yeah I mean, there's a driver and there's, a, there's people, like, hanging off the windows and stuff. Oh, like, look up the videos because they're really cool. But I'm, like, I'm pitching this to the producer. <laughs> you got to do another spin-off movie. <laughs> Fast and the Furious, Arab skiing, or call it whatever the hell you want. Skiing. But, like... <laughs> If you can make Tokyo Drift, you can make Arab yeah. Skiing, because, like, <laughs> wow. 
It's awesome. That sounds crazy. Yeah, that sounds insane. Yeah, very dangerous. They're entertaining videos. Again, I feel like if there was an entire movie about it, I'd be bored to tears. But like, like I said, they did do it once. They did it once. They can do it again. Well, that's that's an interesting point. Then maybe the fact that I was high while watching it really helped. (laughs) Because if I was sober, (laughs) it was also your first time. I've seen the movie like plenty of times, and I was like over it. But and you you're watching it by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also again had two people who were ragging on it with me. Yeah. So that was really fun. This one um, I found more interesting than Fast and Furious, mostly because the setting was more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely had even less plot than the first one. <laughs> yeah. It was like the most basic version of a fish out of water story, but but he wasn't like, he wasn't bumping up against a lot of like cultural differences he was somehow was in a japanese high school where they were speaking japanese all the time and he did not know japanese i wanted to know how he was surviving in that yeah it made no sense (laughs) i mean i guess it happens the one cultural thing they brought out was the fact that like in japanese schools they change from their outdoor school shoes to Mm -hmm. like indoor shoes and like the teacher's just like who i recognized her face i'm pretty sure she's a comedian or something in japan but like she just kept saying i think it was like i'm not gonna pretending what the word was like slipper yeah yeah, it was the word for slipper and they just like repeat it back and forth until he like somehow understands what slipper means like no sense yeah Uh, i did appreciate that they didn't spend a lot of time on that kind of thing Mm -hmm. of like look at this white boy in japan Uh figuring it out (laughs) they're like he's in japan now he's gonna learn how to turn that's (laughs) he's gonna learn how to turn like that's it like like okay drive a car without knowing how to turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that boy's accent, though. Also, it was distracting. No offense to him, so but the most boring person I've ever had to look at. I was like, this is the guy you guys chose to lead your movie? Like, you couldn't find some other, like, Paul Walker light to, like, some pretty boy with a nice face. I don't know, he wasn't ugly, but he was just, like, so boring. Yeah. Like, a boring actor, boring to look at. <laughs> This is the lead of your movie? I just learned the phrase milk toast. Oh, yes. To mean a boring person. Mm -hmm. I felt like, what does that mean? Yeah. Very bland. No, but what is like, what, like, what is milk toast? I don't know. But it's not spelled the way you might be thinking it's spelled. Because it has a Q in it. It's not. It's M-I-L-Q-U-E toast. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Old. I guess I didn't understand this phrase as well as I did. (laughs) But essentially, it just means, a, a, like, a bland, nondescript person. Yeah. And so that's kind of what this dude felt to me in this movie. I don't know. I think he's also done, like, Friday Night Lights and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, so he this yep. kind of character, southern boy, seems like his thing. But, yeah, it, it just... Also, in the beginning of the movie, did you think that he was in high school? Because I was like, oh, these must be must be college kids. Because they all look He's definitely, like, 25. So old. But they're... <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh, they must be college kids. And then I was like, oh, no, it's high school because there's, like, jocks and stuff. And then when he goes to the police station, the guy was like, you're almost 18. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like you guys just said that. So maybe <laughs> know that he's a teenager because he like, does not look like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, it's it, this was still the era... Like it, it's it's changed a lot, even in the last thirteen years. But this is or fourteen, whatever. This is still the era of people in their twenties playing teenagers, yeah. and people in their twenties yeah. who distinctly do not look like teenagers playing teenagers. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the best part. Which, like, if we start to get into like Han and the timeline, is they bring him back later. 
Yes. I did read about um, this. And so, at, and they bring him back. I'm pretty sure that scene is supposed to be, like, right after the end of Tokyo Drift. So, like, because in Tokyo Drift, everyone loved Han so much, when they rebooted it, they're like, hey, we like that guy. Let's bring him back. Which mm-hmm. is, like, what I love, again, about this entire franchise is that, like, I'm sorry, this is, like, the stupidest franchise ever. It's literally about guys racing cars, <laughs> and they've made it into this super complicated thing, yeah, okay. and, like, think that it's, like, so much more than it, like, actually is, uh-huh. which, like, makes it even better. So they bring back his character, who they killed, <laughs> for three more movies, because they liked him so much. So he is in four, no, he's in four, five, six, and seven too, I think. Uh, no, it's in six. So and then yeah. And then Tokyo and so Drift like, is after six. And in then the Tokyo timeline. Drift happens after six, yeah. And then the seven, eight, nine, whatever. And it's just amazing because like all throughout those three movies, they keep making references to him being like, you know, I really want to go to Tokyo, or like we should go to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know if you guys knew, but like at some point, Gal Good. Dote, I think is how you pronounce her last name, joins the cast and she's like his girlfriend. And so they're always like, we should go to Tokyo after like this heist or something. <laughs> so the way it's they like, break up before he makes it. Yeah. And so like, I think it's so, yeah. So Six is his last movie. And at the end of the movie, he's like, I'm going to go to Tokyo. He's finally going to Tokyo. So it's like, yeah, he's finally going to Tokyo. Yeah. So you're like, dun, 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 he's going to Tokyo. And then three ends with that Vin Diesel scene with like Dom uh-huh. being like, Han was family or whatever. And then Seven, I'm pretty sure, starts right after. It has been how many years, and this guy is supposed to be, like, the same age he was in Tokyo Drift. It is insane. He's only there for, like, a really short scene, but... That's fascinating. Because I did... Because I did remember when I was reading about Tokyo Drift, it was like, this is the third movie, but it's, like, number something in the timeline. I was like, timeline? Why does Fast and Furious have a shifted timeline? I have the timeline. Okay, please, please, um, please So the ahead. order that these movies occur in is... Uh, first one the second one the fourth one okay five six three which is tokyo drift seven eight hobbs and shaw and also uh shaw who is um jason statham jason statham's character who Mm -hmm. comes in in which movie um i don't remember which movie comes i think it's five or six yeah one of those those two middle movies It's like retroactively written in that he was the guy driving the car that kills Han in Tokyo. Drift. Yeah, it's like the storyline's insane. I forget who played his brother. So there's a character in one of those movies, in like four, five, or six. I don't remember which one. Um, played by another famous actor. I forget who I it is. Like I came across this. But um, I have to look it up. Yeah. But like he's like the villain in one of those, and so then he has beef with like the main gang or whatever. I don't remember if they kill him or they think they kill him. And so Jason Statham comes and he's that guy's younger brother. Luke Evans? So he kills Han. Yes. Owen Shaw? Yes. Okay. And so he comes back to kill Han as revenge for killing his brother or like beating up his brother or whatever. And then their family becomes a whole nother like trajectory like in this series because in Hobbs and Shaw, he gets a sister played by, oh, what's her name? Vanessa Kirby, I think is her name. Okay. So she plays a sister. I think Helen Mirren is their mother. She's what? in a few movies. Like, yeah, Helen it's Mirren like insane. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Helen Mirren. Um, it's like some famous old British woman, but like, it's great. Like, these movies are amazing. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah, I was so confused about, because, yeah, I was reading about, yeah, but that's really fascinating that, that he was like the standout character. I get it because he was maybe the most compelling person in the movie. Like, everyone else was pretty boring. 
but yeah. that's and so no one else does, so that sean guy comes back at some point country boy he comes back just to like link between tokyo drift <clears throat> into the seventh movie okay because okay. i think at that point because i'm pretty sure seven i want to say i haven't watched the later movies in a very long time so i might be making this all up but i want to say that because han dies in three uh-huh. and seven's the one right after i want to say jason statham is some sort of villain in that movie okay um, so I think it's, like, a whole, like, Han died, we gotta go get revenge for Han, sort of Yeah, he thing. becomes, like, the big, the big bad. He becomes, yeah, the big bad, because then it turns in, and then it turns into, like, him versus The Rock, instead of, like, like, Vin Diesel gets sort of sidelined, because no one cares about him after Paul Walker dies. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, Seven's also Paul Walker's last movie. Yeah, so, okay, like, yeah. I think originally it was gonna be a lot of, like, Jason Statham, this, that, but then it turned into, we gotta rewrite, because it's Paul Walker's last movie, so they, like, changed the story a little bit for him. Gotcha. But, Yeah. That, yeah, that's it's very fascinating. Luke Evans plays Owen. Yes, Shaw. Luke Evans. Yeah, she found him. Oh, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> you were probably looking <laughs> so like when I said it. It's um, great. Like they make it. That's why I said it's like it's a soap opera, but like Michael Bay soap opera. Yeah. It's like way too many twists and turns, and then like explosions. <laughs> like, yeah, and I like like a uber testosterone soap opera. It's why I like wrestling, and so. It, it was enjoyable. I do want to see Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw was good. I would say, like, if I had to recommend more movies in the series, Fast Five, because that's, like, legitimately probably the best one. Okay. And Seven, because I think they did a good job with the way that they handled Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Hobbs and Shaw mm-hmm. was pretty good. Hobbs and Shaw also randomly had, like, Ryan Reynolds in it, and I was like, what are what? you doing here? So he's part of the Fast and Furious franchise now. <laughs> So is Roman Reigns. You know, well, you know, now seeing these movies. John Cena's coming. I want to go back to Universal because on the, (laughs) on the, the lot tour, there's a section that's Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember if, if Vin Diesel must be a part of it too, but it's like this virtual thing where they're like, we got to go catch this person and we got to go do this. And like the rock is there. So maybe now I'll understand what's going on if I, now that I've seen at least one of the movies. Um, but it is, it's, it's, well, one thing that I learned about myself and action movies watching these is that I don't care about racing. Like, I think with action movies, I want to say people beating people up and like jumping off of things and like doing stunts Mm -hmm. because like the racing part, I was like, that's the, that would be the part where I would like tune out because (laughs) I'm like, I guess they're just later, they're driving fast and someone's going to win. I don't know. (laughs) For me, I was like, this is not... I don't know. I didn't. I will say the Tokyo Drift racing was more interesting to me because of the drifting aspect. Because with the other movie, mm-hmm. they're just like pretty much driving in a straight line, and then someone gets mad and starts bashing the car into the other car. But in this one, mm-hmm. they're driving on curves, and then someone gets mad and starts bashing the car. <laughs> <into> the <other laughs> <other car. laughs> um, but and oh. yeah, so that was kind of I, yeah. That's one thing I learned about me and action movies. <laughs> yeah, I I do agree. Driving isn't my favorite activity in any way. Uh, <laughs> but I also liked how in Tokyo Drift, they showed more about how it affected just random normal people on the street. Oh, yeah, that part with the crowd? Had... I was like, all those yeah. people are about to die. <laughs> yeah, that was so well choreographed. Yeah. Like the people splitting off so he could uh, drift into that corner. Yeah. Well, in the first one, the only scene you get is when the pizza delivery guy is like, <laughs> trying to deliver his pizza. 
and they're like, sorry, road's blocked. Gotta go somewhere else, Pizza Hut or whoever Which, it was. Which, fun fact, that was the director. That was his little cameo. Uh, Rob Cohen. In my, in my head canon, that's the character who calls the cops. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> he went to a payphone. Yeah. He didn't have a cell. No. He's like, there's illegal drag racing on this corner. <laughs> also, okay, at the end, in the last scene in Tokyo Drift where everyone's like, watching the race were they streaming the race to other people's phones because that's mm-hmm. what it kind of yeah i was like did they do they have that technology in 2006 no. on flip phones <laughs> that to me was very much a this is tokyo they have yeah. the future way mm-hmm. before okay. we do kind of thing yeah i was like is this instagram sure. live like how are they <laughs> What's <happening here? laughs> yeah because everyone was situated in different parts of the yeah because i was like this is gonna road. be a really boring race to watch but then everyone had their little spots and then i was like oh they're all like looking at their phones so someone's streaming parts of the race to other people that was yeah yeah and just the logistics of having to go from stream to stream on your phone because different people are recording different parts <laughs> yeah. of that thing so it's it's not like they had a a gopro on the front of the car yeah. <laughs> More than that, though, I think the thing, which I think that they try to explain in later movies, but, like, drives me crazy, isn't, it's not just particular to this franchise either, it's the fact that they all just, like, sit in their cars and talk to each other, as if they can all hear each other. And I'm sure that there's, like, <laughs> oh, like, we have earpieces, but it's, like, no, you don't. And, and like, it's, like, they little sit there and, like, sometimes, like, it'll be, like, so in the last scene of Tokyo Drift, it annoyed me the most, because it's, like, what's his face, Sean pulls up next to Dom's car, and they both have the windows down, and they're talking to each other. But they are in this parking garage with hundreds of people. We've already seen the music (laughs) blasting. Like, everyone's talking and yelling and echoing, and they're just sitting there like, I heard you know, huh? Like, it's like, you cannot hear each other. He's like, And they do this in every movie, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, it'll turn into, like, they'll all be in their individual cars doing whatever thing that they're doing, and they can all, like, talk to them and be like, like pulling like Tyrese will always be there like saying something stupid and they're like shut up Tyrese and like it's like <laughs> they do it in every movie and it drives me crazy is that what in the first movie when they're doing the heist and it starts to go wrong were they kind of doing that too like were they talking to each other mm-hmm. without being yeah. I didn't even think about that I just accepted it well in yeah. that one they at least had the walkie talkies oh right okay yeah, they, I think did, they, they did like sometimes You're they explain right. it with like walkie talkies and like some of the later ones they'll be like oh like put in your earpiece or yeah. like yeah. something like that but like I'm sorry, you guys are not always plugged into each other. No. Like, it's not realistic. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Walkie-talkies. Like, first I thought those walkie-talkies in the first movie were... Remember when Motorola had that, like, essentially walkie-talkie cell that phone? That does sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was those, and, like, this this was their corporate tie-in, Motorola. No, <laughs> just regular walkies. I loved all the flip phones and the ancient technology. It was really great. Also, okay, oh, here's a question that I had. When Bow Wow, when they first like start hanging out, he's like, "Come with me," and they go to this that car vending machine thing. Mm-hmm, what was mm-hmm. that? That scene was so random. Like I, I didn't understand with all those his cars. Was he buying a car? Or was he just no, taking? It was a parking garage. Oh, you can like store your car and then it all flips oh, through the cars to give you yours. Okay, I was like, "What's happening here?" I couldn't tell. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "Buying." I think they have those here now too mm-hmm. that's definitely a thing that like started in asia okay okay yes i have um, heard yeah. of that i think there's yeah okay that explains that that was a huge yeah. question for me <laughs> i mean i don't think it really made sense why he could see other people's cars because usually they just like go get your car out of its little wherever it is and like pull it to you yeah so it's kind of weird that he was seeing all these other cars but yeah that's what it was, it yeah. was like a 
parking storage okay. thing. Okay, yeah. because I was like, that door should be closed until your car is there. Yeah, and, and then here it is. And also, was that car a um, like one of those boxy Scion things? <laughs> I, was, I didn't understand the shape of this car. It was like very square. <laughs> it looked like those like Kia Souls. Yeah, like <laughs> Nissan has the one hamster too. That's cars? Like a, the Nissan Cube, I think, is what it's yeah. called. Yeah, uh, it's like a box. Yeah. I kind of wanted to know why it was the Hulk. Yeah, me too. I was that was very random. And why the car not only looked like the Hulk from the front, but the sides looked like the Hulk punched it. Mm-hmm. So is he punching himself? Yeah, and then his, it looks like it looks like his fists were were in the doors, but his footprint was in the trunk. So <laughs> it didn't really. Make- I'd imagine it's like. Um- Going back to Universal Studios, if you know, I think it's in the the tour lot too, where you go through that King Kong thing, where oh, it's like yeah. King Kong is like moving your like car around yeah. and shit. Maybe it's like that, yeah. where like the Hulk was just having a fight and the car was in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk okay. smash. Okay, thank you, Yahoo Answers. What car, the green one, is driving Bow Wow in FF3 Tokyo Drift? That's not a. Well I think Bow Wow was driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, apparently it's a Volkswagen Turan. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about cars. Neither <laughs> do I. Either. Um, also, I was, not, I was not expecting a Volkswagen. I was going to say the guy that, uh, I like the unnecessarily psychotic best friend who is just mad for no reason, which they also had in Tokyo Drift. The guy with the blonde hair that Leonardo Nam played. Yes. He was in love with the with the drift game maybe it was that was that what we were supposed to <laughs> take from it he was just so oh, that's what i took from it he was also just sure. so mad i was like this guy has nothing sean has nothing to do with you why are you so angry because he was at the that uh, at like the poker table right yeah and he like about? he raced too or something i think he raced sean at some point and his car got wrecked and he was like really mad, but but yeah, these were interesting movies. I will say they were not what I expected, but I'm not sure what I expected from them. <laughs> I will say like one other aspect of the movies that I do enjoy, which is like usually a big thing for me in like media when I can call it out, is the music. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Tokyo Drift. I think everyone who had seen the movie or heard the song was obsessed with the song Tokyo Drift from it, <laughs> which they liked so much they used twice in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I did notice that. <laughs> by the Teriyaki Boys. It's a great song. I'm sure if you hear the hook, you will recognize it from the movie. But they use it both times they go in the parking garage. So they use it when Bow Wow takes him the first time, and they mm-hmm. use it at the end when he go down again for Vin Diesel. I, and so the second time it played, I was like, damn, you guys really like the song as much as everyone liked the song. <laughs> I and the first know. one... There is a song that, like, I was laughing so hard, which I don't know if you guys caught or not, but it was in the beginning when um, Paul Walker is fighting Vince about, like, their, like, get or their restaurant. Like, no one likes tuna. Like, that stupid scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Vince goes out to beat him up because he, like, keeps ordering tuna. And there's a song playing that goes, watch back, watch oh, yes, back. Yes, yes, and, like, <laughs> was dying. It was I could not stop laughing because I usually have subtitles on when I watch movies, and the whole time the bottom of my screen is like, "Watch your back, watch your back," and like, it was great. And most of the movies, like, they go off into like more like um, I think it was in the first one too that they had it, like, 
Vin Diesel's character, I think it's supposed to be Italian. I don't think it's supposed to be Hispanic, but like I don't know. Yeah. But like yeah, based on that they show. go to like a lot of like South American locations later, but they always have a lot of like reggaeton, which mm-hmm. like I love. I think like Don Omar is like in a movie later randomly and like they bring these two guys in some I think it might be in the second one they bring them in, but they're like just speak Spanish the whole time. Yeah. I don't remember what their characters' names are. <laughs> but like the the music to me is also just like the scenes that it's spliced with are just like as a woman are just like you shake your head because you're like it's just a bunch of naked women dancing around yeah. but like the music is so good that like i kind of forgive it all the time because i'm just like this is really degrading but this song is a banger <laughs> i honestly didn't really notice the music but, um while we were watching these movies which maybe this is the reason why one of our neighbors across the way, across the courtyard, was having a party. Mm-hmm. Just in the middle of a Sunday, as one does. <sighs> and they were blasting music from this era, the <laughs> 2000s. So it was very appropriate. Um, but it was things like um, Evanescence. Oh. Uh-huh. Hoobastank. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you say Hoobastank? Hoobastank. Yeah. They were blasting uh, Hoobastank. They- <laughs> Red jumpsuit apparatus. Um, oh, what was the other one? Oh, Bloodhound Gang. Uh-huh. So I was a little distracted by that music That's so and funny. these people singing at the top of their lungs and like, why can I hear you from the other <laughs> side of this floor? That's funny. but it was also very hilarious. Really bringing me back to VH1's Top Twenty Countdown every Saturday morning <laughs> that I used to watch. Yeah, it was. They were having the time of their life. Okay. Good for them. I thought the music v- very much it. felt like, especially for the first one, felt very much of its time. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so funny to me because I I keep forgetting that the early two thousands were a long time ago now. Because just to me, I'm like, oh, that wasn't that long ago. But when you're kind of like confronted with it in that way, you're like, oh, this is a different time. Yeah, <laughs> we have come yeah. a long way from then. It was. It's just yeah. It's just so. It was just so distinctly early 2000s that I couldn't get over it. <laughs> Just also why it's so funny that Tokyo Drift is so late in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's so dated. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it does not make sense. When I was trying to think, when I was looking up the chronological order, there is a fandom wiki for the Fast and Furious series, of course. Of course. And the timeline they have on that wiki is so detailed. Mm-hmm. It starts with, like, when fucking someone is born oh, in the 60s <laughs> i love that devotion like, they go really really into it but tokyo drift is supposed to take place in 2014 based yeah. on this timeline with their flip phones mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're streaming exactly. flip phones maybe that's the compromise 2014 in japan they had streaming but they hadn't quite gotten iphones just yet <laughs> But it's Japan. Well, it's going, you know, retro, going back. You uh, know, true, true, yes. There's a little throwback dr- drift race. Everyone bring your flip yeah. phones. All these uh, drift race fans are also hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> they all had cassette players and and flip phones. And they were having Why a great time. coming back? God. But yeah. Cassettes are coming back? Yeah. In certain circles. Cassette tapes? Yeah. But what? Yeah, I feel like of My all, guess all the that... retro things to bring back, that's the one we can just leave in the past. Yeah, yeah, why would you want a cassette 
back. <laughs> Maybe it's cheaper to manufacture a cassette and to copy and things. But they go bad so easily. Do you remember having to deal with cassette tapes and you had to like put your pen in the thing to like get the tape to tighten? Yeah, and you have yes. to rewind it to go back to the beginning to listen to it. That was, yeah. I remember when we first started listening to CDs, it blew my mind that we didn't have to rewind to listen to the first song again. I was like, whoa! <laughs> so cool! <laughs> so yeah, and they don't sound good. So at least with vinyl, the argument is it sounds better mm-hmm. than digital. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, the, the audio quality is terrible. Yeah. I mean, I still have cassette tapes that I have like from the 90s and early 2000s because my parents were late adopters to all new technology. But like... <laughs> But those are just because, like, to me, those are, like, oh, this is, like, my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, those are cassettes that I listen to, like, a thousand times over. And so I want to keep them for, like, memento sake, not because I actually put them in and listen to them. Like, I have the songs on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I listen to them yeah. when I'm feeling nostalgic. Yeah. I went to a show, and I liked the opener a lot. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go buy their album. They only had cassettes. And I was like, oh, my God, that's <gasps> not happening. Really? Yeah. Punk bands, man. And so are people, like, buying Walkmans? Like, how are they Yeah, that's them? the other question. I have, uh, my record player also has, like, a radio and cassette player. I mean, my car is ancient, so it still has a cassette player, and my parents still have, like, our old-ass, like, cassette CD player at their house, but I'm not gonna go to my parents' house to play. (laughs) I don't know what other people My old Saab had a cassette player, but my Toyota only has a CD player. My dad liked cassettes, so he bought his car with a cassette player in 2003. (laughs) I used to have um, a lot of cassettes where I recorded myself when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. Oh, those are all gone. Yeah. I might still have, like, some, like, I think we used to do them in school. Did you guys have to, like, did they record you, like... Like, we, they used to record us, for like, singing Christmas songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be like, oh, like, in kindergarten, like, we're going to sing Jingle Bells, and we'll give you a recording, and everyone gets to take a cassette home. I'm pretty sure those were, like, sitting in some box somewhere. <laughs> Lovely. We didn't do that. My cassettes were, I would host, like, mm-hmm. talk shows. Nice. Or just read a book aloud. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. But someone taped over them. Podcasting precursor. mad. Exactly. <laughs> it was only a matter of time before <laughs> I would. I still love the sound of my own damn voice. So why not? Uh, cool. Fast and Furious. So you think you guys are going to watch more? I definitely want to watch Hobbs and Shaw for sure. Mm-hmm. And again, five is the other one that people have mentioned that I should watch. So maybe I'll watch five. I might. <laughs> <laughs> If I come across it, I think it's like a good Friday night. I just want to zone out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If I make Arab skiing, will you watch it? Oh, definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in for Arab skiing. <laughs> Yay. We did it. We did it. Thanks for getting around to listening to this episode have a thing you'd like to suggest you can send us an email at oh yeah that thing at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website link in the description we're at oh yeah that thing on both instagram and twitter so follow us there if you want to see what things we check out between episodes our logo art and design is by rolla and our theme song is by kate we'll have links to their socials in the description as well in the meantime be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one bye bye
ready. So we're doing it with Thomas here. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it in real life. Yeah. <laughs>